episode 40 of e-commerce gladiator series here at global from asia globalfromasia.com slash e-commerce 040 welcome to the global from asia e-commerce gladiator series where you can follow along the progress of setting up a cross-border e-commerce business from start to finish hear insights of real product research amazon fba china manufacturing branding marketing and all the blood sweat and tears of building a global business from asia now let's tune in okay so today's uh gonna be a fun show i hope you guys enjoy it's uh where i know i promised to announce the new partner in par living but i had to delay due to scheduling so we'll wait until next next episode for who is going to be our new general manager and partner at par living uh but it's it's gonna be a very exciting uh, show for sure so this this time we are in iwu china you might have been hearing on our previous shows that we had a a trip to iwu so we're here and i thought of course we work closely with insight quality for also the ordering of our products as well as you know um this event we did this joint event with insight um so the main part of the show is with Eno. He's the our local expert in Iwu that took us around, and we talked a little bit about some of the experiences we had in the e-commerce gladiator series with our first orders and and other insights about Iwu market. So I I definitely think you're gonna enjoy. And then after towards the end after the trip, we had a, a dinner recap with Andy Church and I from Insight, where we kind of talk about what happened during the trip and a little bit more specific for the Gladiator series about the order with the coffee accessories and, and uh, next steps for the sourcing and strategies. So this will be a fun. We'll have a few different people and, uh, and enjoy. Love Global From Asia and want to get even more? Then check out our members-only area at gfavip.com. Here you'll get insights and access to me as well as other members in our private forum, as well as a ton of other valuable knowledge and information, as well as special connections, monthly calls, insights, discounts on product services and events, and more. Plus, it really helps support the show. Check it out at www.gfavip.com. All right. Thank you, everybody. Tuning into an e-commerce gladiator series here at Global From Asia. We're here live in Iwu, China at a, a nice, quaint little get-to-know-you uh, workshop for Iwu Markets. And we have with us Eno from Insight Quality. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Hello, everybody. All right. So we are discussing today. I want to share the case study so far with uh Par Living, well, specifically, we're doing the brand Sisitano, which is a coffee accessories brand. And uh, we've worked closely with you guys through a lot of the process. And um, this is actually, we have a new general manager partner that joined. I know, you know, you saw that we're having applications coming in. Yeah. Um, He is still preparing to come on the podcast. So that'll be the next show. We have a new partner. So this one, we're here in Iwu, and I thought it would be a good idea to talk about what's happened. Um, and also, we're going to need to ship some stock out of the warehouse. We have some inventory here. So how has it been to work? You don't have to say nice things. How has it been to work with our project? Well, it's been challenging. And as you know, it took a, a really lot of time to 
get from idea to result because uh, as first step you idea was to source from EU market then that that failed because of the <laughs> quality then returns then switching from EU market to source from factory then you also your team took a lot of time to mm -hmm. decide yeah. which factory to go with <laughs> and that, that that went into Chinese New Year, so delivery was not possible. Then it stretched out for few few more months. Then actually, it ended up being around half year from idea to yeah finished product. Yeah. So Naomi's here, and she was just asking how long does it take to go from zero to one on Amazon? I think it, that's a tricky question. I mean, if you know your product and you have your company's documents and everything, I mean, it could take as soon as, uh, you know, a month really or less. Um, but yeah, I think our our our, our mistake with Sisitano was we, yeah, we thought we could just buy an EWU market. Well, we're here. We're going to go there after this recording. And uh, I'm going to try. I'm here. This actually, I haven't been back to EWU in like five or six years. So I'm going to try again. But I think we're, we were stuck on having our own brand on the product. I think that was another requirement we th we wanted to have our logo on the actual coffee product so for those that saw the product during the presentation i had we actually engraved the product logo on it but what we we're going to try to do today it was a tip from mayor and i mentioned it at the seminar here what we're going to do is we're going to make packaging only branded branded packaging only and then we're going to have kind of these uh, no brand products within a wide range of coffee accessories and then we can have more flexibility on MOQ because we don't have to have our own brand on it. And uh, Christmas is coming, so I want to try to get some new SKUs or ASINs into Amazon so that we can test more products. But um, that's, a, that's another, uh, another, another thing that we're going to try. Is that something you think others do or have you seen? Yes, well... You also sell already coffee accessories, which was a success for sourcing from EWO market. There, there were no quality issues. True, true. We, we have the latte art set. Yes. Yeah, so we and have the spice pen. We have the spice pen. So we do have some products we bought from EWO market successfully, and they're selling well, and they're getting good feedback on Amazon. Um, we showed the latte art set earlier. It's basically like a, a stencil kit you can put on top of the coffee and sprinkle some spice on it and a and a pen that you can draw, put some like sugar inside and, and, uh, and draw in it. Yeah. So it's true. Um, so basically we're going to try to do more of that. Um, another feedback we've gotten from our new general manager, I, I won't, and partner, I won't uh, share, I'll let him share, but one of the, one of the things he noticed is people don't seem to care about the kit as far as the mocha pot. It seems like they just look at the picture and they just want the main product and they don't want the extra stuff. So one thing we're going to do here is we're going to prepare to make a shipment of just the mocha pot without the accessories. And, um, and uh, we're going to try a few more strategies. Yeah, a lot of people do what you just said. They just get their brand name on the package and just put different products inside because EU is good for low MOQ so yeah. they can test many different products then if they are not truly happy with quality they will try to go 
and source from factory and if they're happy with quality they will just continue yeah yeah so i hope some people here today and on our trip i we want to try to do some get people to take action and with not a huge investment of money to actually get to take a product to the market and not the EU market, but the Amazon market yeah. to sell. And uh, I still think there's lots of opportunity. What, what do you think in today's? Yeah, for for EU market, of course, it's always busy and many people buy from there. You just need to know what, what type of product you want and... Uh, do the research and discuss more details with, with supplier what is the quality expectation not not to run into problems like mm. we did with mo- mocha pot yeah um, i well we're also restructuring the, we have you know new partners and we're taking this as a new way to start with decision making i think uh my style was to let everybody in a company kind of be involved with the decision making but way we're building it out now is um, we're, of course, going to have the partners will have a say, but they're not going to have to be involved in all the details of every single product. And uh, we'll be able to move much faster. Yeah, that, that would be very important for para living. <laughs> Thanks. I think I'll take the blame on that. I was trying to make it like democracy where people could all share and, and make things better. But, but, um, yeah, that, that was a little bit of challenge also during sourcing period because there are so many kinds of mocha pots and everybody had their idea which style to choose. Mm-hmm. Well, if we did more smaller, we need to have the, the quality. I mean, we did, it was on a podcast, people still talk about it. We had to reject that mocha pot order. Yes. I guess that some products can't be sourced in EWU. I mean, it seems like that one was we had to go to the factory. We we we. Uh, well, what do you? I mean, is, do you think we can go to to find a, a vendor that can sell those, or is it certain products that you can get in Iwu and certain ones you can't? Well, well specifically for Mocha Pot, what what when you guys decided to return everything and get the deposit back, supplier said. They cannot offer a replacement. They will just give money back because that, that's the quality they are selling. Mm. They get the leftover product from factories and sell in EU market. So it's, let's say, impossible to get high quality of that product from EU market. So for, for some products, for US market, it's uh, not good to buy from EU market. Yeah, I mean, some. I'll be honest. Some people are nervous from us to buy from Iwu. I mean, some people it does have kind of a bad rep- reputation a little bit I mean, for the quality issues. But I guess it just depends on which product and where and and the process. Yes. For for example, access plastic accessories that you bought, and we also d- discussed before on one one pod- podcast. What, what what product types are not good to buy in Iwu? So for for plastic, we did inspection a couple of times for your accessories, and it was always okay. Okay. Especially for spice pen, we never find not even one defect. True. All were perfect. Yeah, I guess the metal product, maybe it's metal. It's not that common in China, right? So it depends on the product. Well, well, problem mainly defects that... uh, 
appear on products from EU market are scratches. So when you produce metal product, if you don't handle it properly in production, it will get scratched. Mm. Okay. And so I'm just trying to think of the strategy. So we're having a group of people, we're going to go to the market soon. And then if we see a product that we like, we should make deposits like right away or is there reasons for delay like say i see a coffee accessory i like today um what would be the normal procedure i mean could people make orders and and get things rolling in the next i mean normally what's the time frame well what i always suggest to people is that if they are going inside the market to do the research then check out the products to when they decide what they want to buy to check pricing in a few different suppliers, then try to discuss with them more about delivery time, about quality, then choose the best option that they think will be most suitable for them. And mm. usually delivery time, if you choose something that they already have in stock and you don't, don't need logo printed on the product, it's five to seven days okay five to seven days so hopefully who's in jennifer you're gonna buy some products at the market maybe maybe <laughs> so naomi do you want to share something on this show or ask a question or you had a question i think we could answer i think you asked yeah here's naomi uh, thank you you know i do have a question i want to compare the um you will market with Canton Fair. Okay. Sure, sure. The question is the differences of Canton Fair and you will market. I think uh, the big difference is Canton Fair is twice a year for about a month, maybe a little bit less than a month. And there's three phases. So there's phase one, electronics, phase two, like home and gift, and phase three, kind of like fashion and baby, I think. And uh, and Iwo, it's a year-round market. So we didn't have, we could come to Iwo anytime we wanted. We just picked this date. Yes, it's open every day except holidays yeah so when when there are national holidays EU market is closed but th there are different types of sellers in EU market when you go to Canton Fair it's big portion of them are the directly factory producers or some trading companies that do uh, business with factories but in EU market you will find a lot of whole wholesalers or some small, smaller factories that are based in and around EU, then wholesalers will buy directly from factories all over China, then store product in EU. Mm -hmm. That's why their MOQ is lower. You can go to supplier and buy one carton of something. You cannot buy one carton of one product from one supplier because they are not interested in so small amount of order but if you buy 10 products one one carton each from somebody they, they just check the total amount of order so you should at least order 1000 us dollars from from them but per product they just care you buy one carton okay and what what is different in eu market what was also a challenge for you guys is to get samples mm-hmm they say if you want sample, buy one carton so you will have sample inside. 
but but if you work with the factory that you find in Canton Fair, for example, you can ask for a sample to develop something which is a lot different in you. You is faster and smaller MOQ, but not not too flexible. Got it. Okay. Do you want everyone ask questions? Hermit? No. Shy. Shy. I'm excited to go to the market and. I have some ideas of products. I hope Naomi's looking for some promotional goods. And so see a few different vendors. So the strategy, we're going to go in. So maybe share the strategy, what we, somebody should do going into the market so we can prepare. Yeah, for, well, for the people that come first time to EU, they basically just use maybe two or three two to three days to walk around, get ideas, see what, what's where, then after they decide category of products or product itself, then check a few different suppliers, see the pricing, discuss the quality expectation, delivery time, how consistent it is. We, we also discussed before, if uh, you get a good deal, for example, if some product is two US dollar in factory, then you find it for one or 1 1.5 US dollar in EU market. You need to discuss with that supplier if the supply is consistent or they buy some stock product from factory that just wanted to get rid of the product. You need to discuss more with supplier that you decided to buy the product from to avoid any problems in future. Mm. Okay. Well, hopefully some people, we can get some orders going the next couple of days. And this is a shorter, shorter, shorter recording. Um, I want to go see the market. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get some video footage too. So people can, can see some video yeah. and, uh, any last, last words or. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say, you said you will record the video. It's really much different when you, I don't know, you can talk about EU market for days, but until you see with your own eyes, it's really different experience. True, true. All right. Thanks for coming on. You know, and I look okay. forward to the next couple of days. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Want to connect with other cross-border business experts? Then you can't miss Cross-Border Matchmaker. It's our second annual this October 26th, Friday, in Shenzhen, China. It will be a jam-packed day of roundtables and one-on-one speed dating, business dating. It's about making deals, making things happen. Everybody loves networking. We're cutting out a lot of talk and doing all action, all networking, all business deals, and finding hyper-networking, people related to your topics, experts, and business owners doing things like Amazon, blockchain, import-export trading, and just business between China, Asia, and overseas. This is going to be an amazing one. we got a great lineup. Check it out at crossbordermatchmaker.com slash China, October 26th. Okay, and we are in our executive lounge at the Marriott, enjoying a little dinner and trying to relax a little bit. I've got Andy Andy Church here. Uh, thanks for being here, Andy. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's been an exciting couple of days having our first uh, EWU product sourcing summit. Yeah, we did We did really great. I think uh, we learned a lot. I think the, the people that came enjoyed. We have Jennifer here. 
Well, since I was sitting here, I thought I would ask, how are you doing, Jennifer? I'm great. Thank you for the tour for two days. It's uh, very helpful for me. Great. See, Jennifer had fun. So I think for the Gladiator listeners, you know, I think you've been following along our Sisitano story and the coffee accessories. So I squeezed in some time to to see some booths and, and Eno saved me a lot of time, of course, taking us to the exact area. I even saw where the mocha pots from the first order that rejected were there. Actually, I don't know if you saw that, Andy. I felt like I wouldn't have ordered from them because it was a booth of ashtrays. It was an ashtray factory, and it had, like, one shelf of mocha pots. So I don't – I mean, I wasn't there, but what did – do you remember that? I don't know. What did you think of that? I, I remember the shop, and I wasn't involved with uh, your team's first order placement, but I think that – you know, you think of ashtrays and coffee pots and something that's edible coming out of the same factory and a concern. But on the same token or on the flip side of that is not prejudging what somebody may be capable of because that was a, a, a factory that, you know, makes products that are molded. And so, you know, it didn't work out the first time. And so, you know, maybe that was an omen that with the ashtrays and stuff to, yeah. to walk away. But... My point is, you know, not to, to, to prejudge and do, you know, that dig deeper when you have questions and making sure that your supplier or your vendor and the market, do they have capability and, you know, how extensive are they? And, you know, if they have 10 shelves of ashtrays and one shelf of mocha pots, then, you know, that means you know, less than 10% of their business is one category. Maybe you ought to walk to a shop that's flipped. Yeah. Well, you know, we love Lorenzo. He's probably listening. I, I know he follows the show. And I don't know. Maybe I'll ask him when I meet him next time or talk to him next time. But but, uh, but anyway, I of course, I, you know, Ido's like, that's the one that we had an order problem with. And I'm walking by and, and, you know, their sales, mostly women, they're like, oh, come in, look at our products. And I was looking around and I'm like, what do I say? So anyway, it was, uh, it was funny to see. I had never seen where it actually came from, but now I kind of get the full picture of that nightmare order that people, the listeners still talk to me about when they opened to me or talk to me online. But yeah, that was, uh, so we found a shop. Actually, we looked a little bit, quite a bit. Jennifer actually walked with me too to look for some coffee accessories. And then there was one shop that, well, it's some of these, some of these shops are split in two. So they had half, I don't even know what the other product was, but it was a half a booth of, uh, or half a shop of the coffee, mostly coffee accessories, a little bit of tea stuff, but mostly coffee. But, um, I think I feel pretty good about it. Uh, I listed out the different products. Um, you know, you don't want, we, I, we didn't put money down. I, I, I was, you know, I didn't want to rush too much. You know, I don't, I didn't put money down, but I basically listed out all the different items, the price per unit that they told me. I took a picture of it with the price, with the name card. Um, you know, I think that's that's normal or with the process, or what do you think? Definitely. I think that there's people who, uh, on their first trip, make a purchase, and sometimes that comes back to, to bite them without doing their research and going back and finding other suppliers to verify the, the, the quality at the price point that you're looking at. Um, so I, I think it's good to, to do your due diligence and wait and, you know, to do continue to do some research. I think that we found taking a picture with the price, the item, and a business card. Uh, so you have one uh, 
place to look for all that information is is a very good practice rather than taking a name card, then taking a picture or having a notebook. I mean, not that that's a bad way, but I think it's much more efficient to and succinct to have a photo with the three elements in place. Yeah, so it feels pretty good. And then also I had a WeChat group with the other, other uh, partners in the group and the team, and I was showing them those photos and the WeChat video. I added a, I added a shop owner on WeChat, so I could even trans. She was ready to accept my WeChat money. I connected to her, and then there was I think it's a husband and wife. I can't tell. I didn't ask. I don't know if Jennifer. Do you think they were married? They call. You don't know. I maybe she's saying maybe. I think maybe they were, but he was the boss. I said, "Are you the Lauba?" And he's like, "Yes." And they're saying she's the Lauba. No, he's the Lauba. But, uh, you know, it's good. I get eye contact. I meet them. You know, this is their shop and all their products. And they were even making some suggestions to me about products. And they even told me one product that uh, they uh, they even told me that uh, some products that I shouldn't have taken. They said for the U.S. market. I told them U.S. market. They said one of the products I picked was uh, not suitable to be imported into the U.S. So they told me that. And then they gave me another product that they thought would be good. And, uh, of course, I didn't tell them the brand. Um, I told them I was a selling online in the U.S. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I was also trying to build this relationship with them. I introduced him to Eno so that he knew them. Um, but I think next week we plan to order. We got to do a little bit of research on Amazon before we order it. But Well, one thing, Mike, when you go back or when you talk to her next, the, the woman boss, if you address her as Lao Ban Nyang, she maybe give you a little more respect to, is, you know, the Laban is the male version, right? So, um, no, in all seriousness, I think that it's ex- it's easy to get excited when you're in the market. And so definitely two days, you know, so if you you find products that suit your mix, that you go back to the hotel or wherever you are and and kind of digest that and review it if you have a team. And then go to the next day to make a, a purchase. Um, and if you have the the ability or the timeline to wait, and you know step away and come back a few weeks later and make that, um, because it's easy to to pick three or four or half a dozen items that go along with your product that may overextend you or you know may not end up being the best fit. So I think today um, really wise to discuss and take pictures and have that interaction with the with the supplier and then you can go back with your team and decide which you know how many items you know what is your budget because it's important to talk about i mean uh, you know what can you spend and what what does that allow you to do one item two or three of the separate items because uh, i saw some of the stuff you were looking at yesterday but i wasn't with you today so that would be a, a take a point that a takeaway that i'd like to make is uh you know it, it's good to just step back review before you you pull the trigger and make the the purchase yeah i agree and one of my favorite favorite parts and i hope the others enjoyed but i was stressing about packaging uh because that's one thing that i've i've been learning with the e-commerce is there's high moqs or you know you're tempted to put your logo on the product right it is tempting you know you want to we talk a lot about building a brand so you feel strange you don't have your logo on the product and there's only a white box, so you you know we've been learning. Uh, Mayor's given me some advice too, and others. But we can use. We're looking at different ways of packaging. We, of course, we have our 
people can see our listings, we have the custom packaging boxes, but we can also kind of save some money by just making like a canvas bag or a sticker on a white box or a brown box. So I was measuring the different items to try to get an idea of the size, average size, but because most are actually shaped like a cup, even under coffee, you know, the coffee pots. So it seems like we can kind of even leverage already some of the packaging that we have for like the canvas bags and other, uh, other products. But that's something else I think people get stuck on the one. Well, here I could buy like 45 pieces, 50 pieces, 36. They were basically wanting me to order a minimum one carton. So like they would say the minimum order coin is like 45 pieces because it's one carton, things like that. And it had it in stock, so I could have ordered it. Well, I think the when it comes to packaging, I think it's really easy to go the Rolls Royce or the high end and not realizing the cost impact that it can have. And I think one of the things that you mentioned was about using packaging among different products that you're selling. So there's a little labor at some point that's going to have to take place by uh, a third-party uh, warehouse or pick-and-pack you know, place, somebody that can, that can package it. But if you can use multiple, the same bag among multiple items or the same box, then you can uh, get a higher quality packaging because you have a, uh, can order more, but you can use the same uh, packaging across multiple things is a great idea. I think another one is looking at uh, variable, other, what are other options besides a box? I, you know, I think I mentioned to you about the bag and that, um, you know, that may be uh, an option uh, instead of a box for something, but is being open to other ideas and brainstorming and thinking about, you know, what, what other things are available and, you know, bags may be more, but it's something that somebody may re reuse. So that if your name is on a bag, uh, you know, the, the kind we were looking at were, were like, uh, you know, woven, um, uh, tarp type bags with a drawstring and somebody may be able to use that and your brand's always on it and always visible or a cardboard box it looks great it's heavy quality but it's going to get pitched yeah true it'll get just get chucked away I, I like some boxes but it's true actually i get some really nice boxes and i stack them in my closet and then i just move so i i that was the, like stuff i'd leave but i always think i can use a box but yeah like it's true if you can make the packaging actually its own useful product by itself all right, well, we got dinner here, and we got some talks with Naomi and others uh, about their their projects. So I, we also had a great interview and talk with Eno, but I think this has been great, Andy, and uh, I look forward to working with Insight Quality long-term on, on Iwu Trips. We're already planning the next one. I don't think we have a date to share on the show, but we'll always have it on the globalpromedia.com slash events page where we'll have more amazing uh trips just like this iwo trip so i hope more people can come out we'll uh we'll uh, keep everybody posted thanks andy thanks mike it's always exciting to partner with you yeah thanks again global from asia e-commerce gladiator series where you can follow along the progress of setting up a cross-border e-commerce business from start to finish hear insights of real product research amazon fba china manufacturing branding marketing and all the blood sweat and tears of building a global business from asia 